I just feel like yelling out to the devil, I'm still here. I'm still here, amen. As a church, I feel like making sure he knows. Devil, we're still here. It's 2022, May 1st. You took a big swing, but we're still here. Can someone say amen? I don't know what's happened in your life, but I think it's good to remind the devil, I'm still here. Come on, someone say it with me. I'm still here. And again, I'm still here. Come on, can't touch this devil. Amen? Can't touch this. The only person you get to say go to hell is the devil. The only person you get to say that to. Can't touch this devil. We're still here. And God has been so good, amen. I was driving in my car the other day. I had my windows open and overwhelmed by the goodness of God in my life. Like, hey, he's he's been great to our church, but sometimes I'm just like selfish too, right? Like, well, God, you've been good to me. Like, not just to us, but God, you've been good to me. And, 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 I, and I know the devil's taken some swings at me over the years. And, and I was just in my car and, and, and I don't know if the windows were open or not. Maybe, I don't care. But I just yelled out, devil, I'm still here. I'm still here. And I, I'm not just still alive, because like clearly, I'm still alive. But I'm still here. I've still got faith. I still serve God. I still love my family. I'm still at my home. Amen. I'm still leading the church. I'm still here, devil. Go somewhere else. I believe that day the devil heard me yell out, I'm still here. And he was like, ah, stuff it. Go and attack someone else that day. Still here. He won't fail. You're not going to fail. Today we're going to do something a little different. We're going to go on a bit of a journey together. But uh, before we go there, I just want to tell you, I don't know what's happening in your life, but He won't fail you. Come on, He won't fail. He won't fail. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He won't fail and He won't abandon you. He he, he doesn't see someone write a bad or a negative YouTube review or Facebook review about you and be like, well, I better better keep my distance for safety's sake so no one thinks I'm associated with you. (laughs) Better unfollow so that no one thinks I follow that guy who got caught doing something racist or that guy who got caught saying something sexist or who got caught cheating on her husband or on his wife better keep my distance so no one thinks that that's on me now he's not like that he's there in the middle of that crap and he won't fail you and he won't abandon you and he still loves you and he's still with you can I get an amen church that was a word for somebody in here you need to know that you know some people actually live in fear of some of those things being exposed well, should that day come, he won't leave you. Stop living in fear and start living in faith, amen? 
Should that day ever come, He won't abandon you. He won't unfriend you on Facebook. He won't delete the five-star review He gave you six months ago and do a new one at one star. Come on. That's happened to me before. He doesn't do that. He loves you. Amen. No fear. You know, if you're new here today, I just want to say welcome to church. Welcome to church. It's, uh, it's a really special weekend in the life of our church. It's not a normal weekend. And um, it, it's a different kind of weekend. It's a defining moment where we are. Um, in fact, on Thursday morning at our men's prayer breakfast, which a bunch of men come to, and if you're a man, you should come. Um, and so, uh, anyway, Doug said something really interesting down here. He said, I don't know what the most important moment in our church is because we're not God, right? And we don't see everything and we don't know what's the most influential thing because sometimes we think this is the most influential thing in our lives. I got married and God's like, well, actually it was this, you know, because he sees it all, right? He sees the consequences or the result of every decision that we make, right? So I don't know if this is the most consequential, most important moment in the life of our church. We don't know whether that was when we said yes to God to moving over. We don't know if that was it. We don't know if it was when we planted, when we did a renovation a few years back. Uh, We don't know if it's still to come. But what we do know is it is a moment. Does that make sense? It is a moment that is going to have a tremendous effect on our church, on your life, and on the kingdom of God in central Iowa. Amen? We know that. And so this is a really important moment in the life of our church. And so I I want to, I just want to say welcome to every new person. And and I'm going to take you all on a journey, all right? And so it's just important that you know that this month is not a normal month, um, though it's an exciting month. And in this month, we'll talk about a lot of the things that we normally do, okay? And what God is up to. So y'all with me? Awesome. By the way, every single one of you, when you leave today, hey, come over here, model, all right? Do some sort of pose, like some sort of just appropriate, but very good pose. There we go. There we go. Y'all are going to get this shirt at the end of the service today. Everybody gets, someone say, everybody gets a shirt. You got a shirt, you get a shirt, you get, everybody gets a shirt, right? So everybody's going to get a shirt. Uh, this exact shirt at the end of the service on your way out the door. You'll also be given one of these bold booklets on your way out the door. Um, But I want to just say the new people get to double dip. Someone say double dip. Double dip. And uh, when I moved to America, I found out that when when someone's dipping, um, it's like putting like tobacco or something in your mouth. I'm like, that's the weirdest thing ever. I'd never heard of that. But no offense if you do that. Um, But if someone was dipping, the thing that I think of is they're like, they're, they're skinny dipping. You know what I mean? And, um, but over here, it's something a whole lot different. Um, no, no more healthy for you. Um, but, um, but anyway, I, I digress. Today, y'all get to double dip if you're new, all right? Not skinny dip, uh, not tobacco dip. You just get to double dip, all right? So what you get is one of those shirts that he's wearing like everybody gets. But we've also got a special welcome box for every new person out there in the lobby as well, all right? And uh, welcome home box. It's got another, a different shirt. A few other cool things in there as well. It's just our way of saying thanks for coming to Eternity Church. Lastly, before I read the scripture, I want to talk to my friends in Adele. Come on. Adele. All right. 
Uh, my friends in Adel, uh, we were deciding for, before this weekend, uh, do we include Adel? And by include, what I mean is, um, do we stream with you today? Uh, or, or do you go have a preacher on stage over there? Um, and, uh, uh, you know, because what we're talking about today is going to primarily be about uh, what God has done here um, and what God is doing and how we're making room for that here in Clive, right? And so it's like you, there is that thought that does that uh, relate to, uh, is it appropriate for Adele? And what we decided was that it absolutely is important for you to see and for you to know that what God has done here, He is going to do there. And what we're doing to make room here, we will need to do out there. Amen? And so out there, all right? And so, so we decided that it would be very appropriate for you. I know there'll be new people in Adele and, uh, as well today, and we want to say welcome to you. Um, and uh, uh, this is an exciting moment in our church, and this is what we believe is coming. We have paved the way here, and I believe with all my heart that what took 10 years here will take three to five years out there. Amen? Because we paved the way. So God bless you. Thank you for joining us as well. Y'all ready for the word? All right, we're going to 2 Corinthians 3, verses 12 to 18. You ready? Good, don't forget we are a hollaback church. Someone say, hollaback. All right, you're ready to go. Since we have such hope, we are bold. Ha, <laughs> come on. Since we have such hope, we are very bold. Now, I love this part. He goes on to explain that. Not like Moses who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites not, might not gaze upon the outcome of what was being brought to an end, but their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the old covenant, the law, that when they read the old covenant, the, that same veil remains unlifted because only through Jesus Christ is that veil taken away. Come on. Yes, so to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, talking here specific, turns to the Lord Jesus, when now the uh, sorry that veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. Someone say it. Come on, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. Come on, say it like you're going to war with war paint on your face in your Mel Gibson. Come on. Where, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Come on. Hallelujah. And we all with unveiled faces. Why? Because we have turned to the Lord. We've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of our lives. So we all with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to the next. For this comes from the Lord, who is Spirit. The thing about being saved is this. We're being transformed because our faces have been unveiled and we can stand in the presence of God. Amen. Come on. We're welcome as we are, but praise God, we're being transformed into the image of His Son. Amen. We're becoming more like Jesus Christ every single moment that we spend time with God. Are you ready to pray? Come on, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. I love your word. I love it, God. I, I'm so grateful that, you, that you, you left this for us. Full of so many mysteries, things we don't understand. But even that which we don't understand when we obey, 
we see tremendous blessing and favour in our lives. And God, we thank you for your word. I pray today that you help me to just boldly oh, to preach it, but, but God, to tell the story of what you've done and why. God, help, help our hearts to be knitted all the more together in unity as we explore where we've come from, what you're doing, and as we're making room for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name. Could someone say amen? Amen. amen. Come on, someone yell out freedom again. Freedom, come on. And high five three of your neighbors. You may take your seats. We're going to preach today. Come on. All right, I've got, I've only got another two hours. All right. All right. Hey, honestly, I want to share something with you today, though. Um, it's a journey. And, um, and, and I just want to be straight up and honest with you today about what, what we're doing, okay? Truth is, I'm not just here to, to tickle your fancy, float your boat, make you feel good and have you leave. What I want to do today is ask you to join me on our boldest faith step we have ever taken as a church. Come on. The boldest faith step I've ever taken in my life and the boldest faith step that we've ever taken as a church. We're asking you to join us on our boldest, on our, our faithiest, which is a word because I said so, all right? Our boldest and our faithiest journey yet. And, and so that's the purpose of today, all right? We're not just here to say, you're awesome, <clears throat> but to say, let's do something life-changing, world-shaking, kingdom-expanding in Des Moines, in Iowa, in Adele, all around the world. Come on, we, we, want, we want to be obedient to God and take a big faith step together, amen? <clears throat> so I just wanted to be upfront with you about that. I'm, I'm just not here to tickle your fancy, all right? Um, but but do, do, most of you have heard this story about how we got bold during the pandemic, right? You all know that. Um, and, you know, we weren't always so bold. We did always preach the truth, but I, I felt like um, be, before the pandemic, we kind of were, um, you know, I could have stood in front of a judge and said, I swear to tell the truth and nothing but the truth, and that would have been fine, but we omitted the word whole, all right? We, we, we perhaps did not tell the, come on, the, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So we were, I'll tell the truth. Yeah, I will. Now I really feel like the Lord shook us during the pandemic and said, Jesse, the world needs the what? Whole truth, right? And so in that season, we, we really woke up to the power of the whole gospel. Um, and, and because of that, we've been willing to talk about difficult things, okay? See, what happened during the pandemic was the whole world got divided, it was nuts. You go to Starbucks and you heard people uh, teasing their cousins for going to Caribou, right? You, you go to Caribou and people are teasing their cousins because can you, my cousins went to Starbucks. Can you believe that? I'm over at Fiedrich's wondering why they're all unsaved, right? Like, like it, 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 the whole world was divided on every level, on everything that you could think of. People were mad. People were angry. People were attacking each other, you know. Masks or unmasked. Vaxxed or unvaxxed. Is your church open or is your church closed? You know, should you have kids' church or no kids' church? Should you take their temperature? Should you not take their temperature? If you do take their temperature, what do you do? Send them home? Can't sit here? And I'm like, this is stupid. This is ungodly, right? And so I found myself in a season where I felt we had closed church down for a, for a number of weeks. And um, 
By the end of that time, I had felt convicted in my heart that I was in sin, not you, me, because I was the lead pastor, and I made the decision, and, and I felt like the Lord had convicted me that I was in sin. I needed to repent and make a commitment that we'll never do that again. Why? Because the Word of God is always, always Come on, always applicable in our lives. And the Word of God says, do not forsake the gathering of the believers. And I'm like, yeah, except for here. And that's not how it works. Come on, right? Like, see, see, uh, we, we have to come to the understanding that, that, that lay hands on the sick was even more relevant when people are sick. Right? Lay hands on the sick. Now, we'll do that o over the interweb. We'll send ones and zeros uh, through the internet to you. And No, no, it says lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. Amen? It says do not forsake the gathering of the believers. And you're like, well, that's cool. Well, um, you know, well, there wasn't a pandemic then. No, it was much worse. You were persecuted, ridiculed, maybe had your business taken from you or even murdered for going to church. And in that environment, the apostle tells them, hey, y'all, get your butts to church. And then we had a whole bunch of Christians upset at us because we were like opening church. And I, I, think we, I, I, I think we were the first church to reopen in Iowa. And with that came a lot of ridicule, a lot of little, you know, the keyboard warriors whipping out their keyboard sword. And they're like, eh, you're the devil. And you're a grandma killer. You're, and I'm like, man, this is nasty, right? And it got really, really heated, but we were being obedient. And um, we got up and I said, I repent. I'm sorry. I should never have done that. Uh, we will never close the doors ever again, no matter what ever happens again. We will never, ever, ever close the doors to the church. Come on. And, um, and with that came a new season of ridicule. And what I found out was that people who thought a certain, a, thought a certain, <coughs> And thought a certain, saw a curtain. No. Anyway, people who um, thought a certain way um, were really angry at us. And what we realized is in the Western church, we had a lot of Christians for many years professing that the most important thing in their lives is their faith and being the church, right? Like we've all got this, you're the church out there. You know, you, you could make an argument for that, but, but, but what it really is talking about in the Word is that you're the church now when we gathered together. This is the church. The building's not the church, no, but you and me here together, we're the church. Come on, right? And, and so the Western church had maybe talked a big talk about how important that was, and then when push came to shove, it didn't matter at all for too many Christians. And that really broke my heart. And seeing how many people would put their, you know, their favorite politics or their favorite fears over the church, over gathering together and ministering to each other and loving each other. And, and so what we saw was a lot of people left the church because of that decision that we had made. Um, what we discovered, though, by the way, we'd already gone from, I don't know where we were, all the way down to like 250 people when we opened back up. I was like, oh, that's little. Like, man, we built this big church and then all of a sudden it was very small and, you know, and then you've got to go through all that pride as a pastor, you know, like, <clears throat> well, are we here for the crowds or are we here for the one, right? And, um, and anyway, so through that season, though, we lost a, you know, sorry, we reopened and a bunch of people were mad at us because we didn't make you wear masks and we didn't make you social distance and we didn't, uh, and we opened kids church as well at the same time and a lot of other things and, um, we just had big faith and we knew the truth and we figured that that would set people free eventually. 
Then, then it came to this season, maybe just a couple of months later, where I felt the Lord saying, now you've got to speak up on all these cultural things that are going on in the world. I was like, I'd prefer not to. <laughs> you got to understand that I'm still a human being, right? I'm just, the, I'm, I, we're all the same, you know. And so when you, get, when you open your Instagram and every single day there's 30 messages from someone in Des Moines that hates your guts, you don't really think, you know, I'd love if we could make that 100, you know, come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? And so, you know, I'm not, everyone's like, wow, he's obedient. No, no, no. I was like, I'd rather not, Lord. Um, but I had an encounter with God that really, that God used to wake me up. And I discovered a lot of people hate me just for opening the doors to the church and just for believing the basics of the gospel, you know. Um, and so felt the Lord say, man, the world's going to hate you anyway. You might as well get hated for sharing the whole truth. Come on. Because lives are transformed when they hear the whole truth. You need the whole truth. The truth sets you free. Come on. And so we decided that, you know, I talked to my board and I said, yo, guys, um, uh, so we're going to do something and we're going to start talking about these really hot cultural issues. This is uh, in late 2020, mid-2020 or late 2020. We're going to talk about things like abortion and marriage and gender and and all the things that are going on in the world uh, and and, and how a Christian should respond and what the Word of God has to say about these things. And it's not that we picked issues to talk about. See, people like, you just picking issues. No, 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 no. These are the issues that everybody's talking about except the church, right? Like, oh, you're just talking about homosexuality again. No, no, no. Your school teachers are talking about it. The kids are talking about it. The gym's talking about it. The dance club's talking about it. The workplace is talking about it. Everybody's talking about it except for the church. And we're like, okay, we've got to talk about these things. So I said to the board, we're going to do that. And what we, could, what we can expect to see is that we would lose maybe another 30% of our church. And that sounds like just a number, but they're people that I've known for a long time. You know, people that we've loved and perhaps they weren't strong enough in that area of their faith because I had not um, shared the, the tough stuff for many years. And I take responsibility for that. I'm not ashamed of that. It's in the past, but it is what it is. And, um, and so I, I said to the board, I said, we're going to lose that. And I imagine we'll probably lose about uh, 30% of our income as well because, you know, you lose a lot of people over this sort of thing. But we got to do what's right. We're done making decisions based on, you know, which one keeps the most amount of people happy. Who cares? Which one keeps God? Which one, which one is in the Word of God? Which one pleases the Lord, right? <clears throat> so that's how we make decisions now. Um, you know, like just w- what's the right thing to do? What seems right to us and the Holy Spirit, amen? And Anyway, so that's what breaks my heart. Some people said, you know, that we sort of went on a more biblical conservative um, route. See, this is stuff we've always believed. We just weren't sharing. We didn't pick a side. We just got honest about where we really are. Come on, right? And then people said things that really hurt my heart a little bit, but um, I get over it. They said, you know, oh yeah, you're just preaching that message because that's what brings in the money, right? That, that's what will, you know, and, I, and, and that really disappointed me because I'm like, if only they knew how much stress I had about how I'm going to pay my staff after I talk about these things in church. 
If only they knew. We genuinely thought we will lose money and lose people by sharing these difficult things. Come on, right? And yet, looking at that, we decided the right thing to do is to obey the Lord and share the whole truth because we want to see people not just, a, not, not just welcome in their sin, but we want to see people transformed in the presence of God, by the grace of God, by the power of God. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> not just welcome as you are. You are welcome as you are. But praise God, He loves you too much to leave you as you are. Has anyone here had an experience where God has transformed your life? Give me a wave, right? He doesn't leave you as you are. So what's crazy is anyway, we went, started doing that, doing the right thing and really, really being quite intentional about, about saying, God, we don't want an ounce of this worldly sort of progressive woke sort of Christianity culture in our church. We don't want an ounce of God. We want people who may be affected by that to come and experience the truth and transformation of the gospel. But we don't want that to make any decisions in our church ever again. What's crazy is, I, I couldn't believe it. We went like this. And I was like, man, I was preparing for the winter of death, you know. Just kidding. Um, I was... Uh, I was preparing for just a really tough time and, and uh, just preparing my heart for that. And even in my head, you know, uh, who would I have to lay off? What would we have to do? You know, if we're being obedient to God, this will be tough. What would we do? And well, it didn't go down at all, at all. It started, we did lose some bit, but, but, but it went up. And, and what's crazy is I realized at that point too, that, that progressive Christianity, they don't even, they don't, they just do this. And when they leave, we didn't lose, where is it? Can't get it. Here it is. We didn't lose any of this. I realized something there. There's a lot of loud people out there that don't do a single thing to contribute to what's going on in here. Amen. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. It was crazy. It was crazy. But anyway, we started to grow. And what happened then, we started to see people confronting real serious struggles and problems in their lives. People, people who had had an abortion 50 years earlier, but had sat in a church and never ever been told that God can heal you of that because being told God can heal you of that would indicate that what you did was wrong and we don't want you to think what you did was wrong. And so all we do is put band-aids on. Are you leaking? Put a band-aid on. It was time to clean some wounds, amen to create some healing. As we started talking about, yes, abortion is sin. Biblically, let's look through this. Then we find out about people who had abortions 50 years earlier, finally being free of the shame and the pain of those past mistakes because somebody was finally willing to say, hey, God can heal that. Yes, it was wrong. We don't need to affirm it. The, the, the beauty of the gospel is this. That was wrong. God's grace is available. Amen. It's beautiful. Started seeing people set free from homosexuality. Couldn't believe it. Hadn't seen that once in the previous seven and a half years at Eternity Church. Not once did I have a story of someone who was gay and then said, God set me free or make a commitment. I'm going to live my life according to God's word and God's plan. I'm like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. God's going to set me free from this. God will save me from this. But even if he doesn't, I ain't bowing down. Man, we'd never seen that before then. 
people set free from gender dysphoria, people who, who, who were like just the world saying, well, maybe you're this, maybe you've got to make this change and that change so that you can be who you're meant to be. But the Word of God and, the, and, and a church being bold enough to say, you're good right now. God loves you right now. Come on, come on. Set free from shame, addiction, adultery. It's unreal. What happens when the truth is preached and grace is offered, amen? Hey, here's some hard truths for all of our lives. Here's the grace of God that says, and in the midst of your transformation and struggle with that, here's my grace that sustains you. The gospel's beautiful as it is, isn't it? You're welcome as you are. And His grace will sustain you as you're transformed from what you are to what you're called to be. Hallelujah. I've heard people say that when you start preaching things like this, that it dampens the influence. You know, people won't want to come. People won't want to this. Admittedly, I had that fear and that worry because the world's pretty crazy. But what's nuts is we had seven, sorry, we had 900 salvations last year. 900. And we had 1,300 new people last year. Never in our lives have we had numbers like that in the history of our church. Never. It clearly didn't dampen it. What it did is it separated us from the world. See, people who are struggling in the world don't want to come and find the world. Come on. If you hate McDonald's, you don't want to go to another McDonald's. You want to go to a Chick-fil-A Christian chicken. Hey, hey, hey. Come on, right? Like you, you, if you're struggling and you're suicidal and you're depressed and you're lost and you're broken in the world, you don't want to come and hear the world. You want to come and have something totally different, something that comes right out of the heart and the mouth of God, the kingdom of God on earth. Amen. Amen. And that's what happens when you preach the truth and smother it in grace. Praise God. And so we doubled in 2020 as we started that. Praise God. We doubled again since then. Praise God. Isn't that amazing? And I love what God's doing. I love what God's doing. And the truth is, uh, I didn't set out to build a big church. I didn't sit down and be like, y'all, let's build a huge church now. That wasn't my goal. It was never my goal. I was talking to Lauren on Friday night and I was like, Baby, I, I never thought our church would be this big when I die, let alone now after a pandemic. You know what I mean? Like, like it wasn't my, I, I, I thought it'd be big, but like maybe what I thought was big back then because I came from a rural town was maybe 500 people, maybe seven, and, and then I'm dead. <laughs> and hand over a really influential, powerful church, and I thought that'd be it. I, I didn't think this. You hear what I'm saying? Like, it's not my goal to build a big church and... People, get, people rag on big churches all the time and, and I'm like, man, they hate big churches. They're like, oh, it's just this, it's just that. And I'm like, I don't know how not to. You know what I mean? Like, what do you, what do you want me to do? Like, close the door and be like, can't sit here. Forrest Gump up in here. Like, come on. I don't know what they want us to do, these, these big church hating lovely humans out there. I, I mean it. Like, think about that. Like, what do we do? Say, we want 80 and none more. Someone else comes and says, oh, we got 80. Go to hell. Is that what we're doing? Really? Like, that's ridiculous, isn't it? I don't understand that. Or, you know, if something's healthy and growing, uh, I, don't, I think the only way to stop it growing is to hurt it. 
You know, like, let's hurt it. So, man, this is too big. Let's hurt it. Let's hurt people on purpose so we can stop growing because big churches are bad. I don't understand what they want us to do there. I feel like if somebody's coming to the door and we got a full service and, you know, a few people who normally come to this will actually be in the 10.30 because whenever we do food trucks or food or anything outside after service, a bunch of 8.30 people are like, I'm coming to the later service so I can hang around and eat all the food, right? <laughs> but I almost guarantee you in that next service, if it's family of five comes 10 minutes late, it'll be hard to find a seat if they can at all in this next service, right? And I don't know what they want us to do. Be like, well, you know what? Um, well, we're maxed out now. We're too lazy to start another service. So too bad. You cannot experience what God is doing here. Oh, no, we don't have enough faith to build a new building. Sorry, too bad. <clears throat> no, we're happy now. We're just going to cruise. No, come on. I've given my life for this thing. So that more people, come on, that more people would experience the unending, over-the-top, extraordinary generosity and kindness of God. And, and as they experience that, that they would choose to, to live their life in pursuit of God's plan for their lives, God's design for their lives. Amen. I don't know what they want us to do, but what I want to do is just stay obedient and faithful to God. I want to see people set free from their shame, set free from their pain. I don't want to ignore the things that are hurting people, killing people. Be like, yeah, 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 good job. Just go cut that off. You won't regret that in 10 years. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Pursue all these. Yes, don't want to keep drinking. Keep drinking. Every night, 24 ounces of wit. Do it. It's good for you. No, it's fine. If Jesus made wine, it's fine. It's fine. Right? I don't want to be that guy. I want to, I want to be, I want to love you enough to be like, y'all need to stop. I'm not saying drinking's wrong. Some of y'all, for some of you it is, by the way. If you can't stop, it's wrong for you. Hello. Right? Like, oh, well, I'm going to stop. Yeah, you're going to need a stop, stop so you can stop. Hello, right? Like, I don't want to be the guy who's too scared to tell you that you're drinking too much and it's ruining your family. Right? Like, I don't want to clap as people walk off a cliff. I'm done with that. Clap as people destroy their lives and destroy their families. No, miss me with that as they say. Come on, get away from me with that. I want to love people and love them enough to help them find hope in Jesus Christ and who he really is. Jesus who came full of grace and full of truth. That's how we're introduced to Jesus. It says he came full of grace and full of truth. Not full of truth, and that's it. It's a lot of Christians that do that. Not full of grace, and that's it. People say love first. I think they mean love only. You got to love and truth. Truth and grace. Can I get an amen, church? Amen. So we ain't ever going to stop, all right? And so with what's going on right now, I don't know how long we've got. I don't know if we're going to have to start another service or whatever else we've got to do. I don't want to, Josh, if I'm honest. You know, oh, yeah, they're building a big... I don't want to preach four times. Sorry, there was a little attitude in that, wasn't there? People, you know, people are dumb. They're like, oh, yeah, they just want to, they just want, all they care about it. I don't want to do it four times every weekend. I go and waste it already. I'm tired already. In Australia, that means tired. But I hope you love me enough to be like, bro, stop it, you know. Like, you know? But if we have to do that, 
find the magic time, which I woke up in the middle of the night the other day trying to figure out when's the magic time to start another service because most people are like, you know, like want to come at 10.30 and then the next most want to come at like 8.30 and then the next most at, and I'm like, they'll just turn up at 10.30 and we're just going to be like stack them, pack them and rack them, you know. I don't want to be too, I don't want to be too lazy, too shy, too scared, too fearful to keep making room for what God wants to do. Amen. So anyway, so we realize that we're going to have to um, make room. Okay. Again, you come to the next service, it's just not going to work out that well. Um, It'll be a great service, but it's going to be a little bit tight in here. Um, And we were like, man, that's now. What does another year of this look like? What does two more years of this look like? What does three more years of this look like? What I know is I don't want to get to three years and think, man, we should have made room. Now what do we do? You know what I'm saying? And so I felt the Lord just talking to me about how it's time to add on and build out there because a few years ago we bought the little triangle way out the front um, and, the, uh, and, and 200 parking spots across here so that we can, when we build on, have entrances on both sides of the buildings. And So when the creek floods, we're all like, <laughs> we're still having church and uh, <laughs> y'all can come in this side, you know. And um, <clears throat> so anyway, so we're doing the math and we're like, oh, it's probably about like, probably about $7.5 million it would take to build on another 30, 35,000 square feet out, out the front there. And, um, and we're like, that's a lot. And a few years ago, it would have only been five, but I know that Putin's price hike has really affected things, eh? I'm just kidding. I know it wasn't Putin. (laughs) I don't know who. Anyway, decent cash policies would help the country, though. Let's talk about that, right? You print more money in two years than you have in the history of your country. Might make your money worth less. Anyway, um, (laughs) free money doesn't help. Anyway, back to this, though. And because of that... It's going to be like $7.5 million, all right? And uh, <laughs> stop laughing. And, uh, and uh, you know, $7.5 million. And we're like, that's a lot of money. And I was thinking about it, though. And I'm like, man, if we wanted to do that, we're going to need to maybe raise $2.5 million from our church and then give, sorry, and then borrow maybe uh, five more million dollars-ish, give or take. Um, and, and I thought, yeah, and I, you know, I built my faith up. I'm like, we can do this, right? Like, we can do that, right? And I was excited about it. And, and then what happened was I, I went and talked to a friend of a friend. And when I left that conversation about the Holy Spirit smacking me in the heart, being like, oh, you think you got so much faith with your $2.5 million. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> We're in the big leagues now. And the Holy Spirit's like, why don't you just raise 7.5? Why, why don't you just ask for a whole lot? Well, why don't you try? Do you really want in this season in this world where the world hates the truth to owe someone five to six million dollars that they could say, We don't like what you preach, we're calling in your debt? Do you really want that? I'm like, No, Lord. You know, do, do you really want to spend sixty thousand dollars minimum per month? Come on, that's if the economy, if everything's ticking nicely. See, do you really want to spend? $60,000 per month paying interest, not even the mortgage, just the interest, when that could be going to chaplains in schools. They don't want us in the school. We'll be on the street saying, you kids need Jesus. Come on. 
that we could be doing church planning in Costa Rica, in Africa, in Europe. We could be hiring staff to minister to you and your kids and your kids, kids, kids. Instead of $60,000 in interest every month. And I said, yes, Lord, giddy up, let's go. And I mean it. I got to 7.5 quicker than I got to 2.5. But here's the crazy thing. And what you're going to see in this little booklet here is before, this is the thing, before we even had pictures a month ago, after saying yes to 2.5, sorry, after saying yes, Lord, we're going to believe for 7.5, we're going to have faith and wisdom, come on. After that, uh, uh, before we even launched this thing, because most of y'all are only hearing about it today, and before we even had pictures, and before we even told all of our leaders, come on, we had already had over $2.5 million pledged. And that was my OG goal. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. The Holy Spirit's like, you see what I'm talking about? I'm like, I see what you're talking about, you know? Like I wanted 2.5 and we didn't even, we hadn't even launched it yet. Now right now, as it see, about 1, 1 to 1.5, that is pledged. Um, and then another, there's already, since then, Already $1,156,000 cash in the bold bank account. Already. Come on, already. One dude goes, one dude goes, I'm going to write you a million dollar check for that. I'm like, I want to, who win what? He's like, a million dollar check for that. I'm like, giddy up. And it's in the bank now. Plus some more money that people have given. Praise God. Got a text this morning from someone saying, you know what, we've been praying and, uh, this is just like I'm standing in church and I'm walking out here to get ready and I looked at my phone. Don't look at your phone during church, but I did, all right? I'm a sinner just like you. And so I, I, I looked at my phone and my phone goes, prayed about it. By the way, we're going to give a million dollars. So... So if anyone in this room is like, this church is just a, no, look, God's in there. You can't deny God's in this. God is in this, amen. He's in. Now, I know most of y'all can't give a million dollars, right? Well, I shouldn't say that because I didn't know some of these other people could too. So maybe y'all can. Now, the three of those, that'd be great. But listen, 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 listen. I, I don't. I don't expect everyone to do that. But what you've got to understand is the family that says we'll give 12 extra thousand dollars over the next three years matters. Because if 200 families did that, there's $7 million. Come on. Actually, I got that math wrong. That would be 12000 a year more for the next three years. Or the family that says, I can do five grand for the next three years, over the next three years. Or I can do two grand. Hey, or I can do one grand. Or hey, my kid's going to do 50 cents up there. Hey, it all matters and it all helps. Amen. And so we are asking you, yes. To do it. Now, I want to show you some pictures, yes. Hey, Diamonds, do you all want to come out here? I'm going to talk to my friends, the Diamonds, right now. Um, this is, I'm like a little hypo today, okay? Because, like, Doug prayed for my voice and I took prednisone and, you know, anyway. So, don't tell Joe. So, I want to share some things with you. So, I want to share the pictures with you. And I thought I'll bring these guys out. For you because the Diamonds and the Hinkhouses are on the bold leadership team, all right? Because we wanted to make sure that all the funds are spent how they need to be spent with wisdom. See, these guys, we only need, um, we don't need the extra two, thanks. But yeah, um, we, what we, what was I saying? 
We wanted people to help us lead this that know big numbers, that understand big construction, big things like that, to help make sure we do this the best we possibly can and make your money and God's money go as far as it possibly could. Amen. And so we invited the Diamonds and the Hinkhouses. Hinkhouses were here last night. Um, and then next service, we might have all four up. We'll see how we go. Um, but, um, but invited them to help us lead this thing. And so, um, but before we talk to you absolute legends here, um, I want to show everyone some pictures of what we're doing. Now remember, why is our church growing? Because we're lifting up Jesus. Not Jesus, spelt the same but sounds different. Come on. Not a dude who, who talks some of the stuff that Jesus talks, walks some of the things that Jesus walks, but the Jesus who turned to the hooker and said, I don't condemn you, quit hooking. Right? And I can help you. We're lifting up Jesus full of grace and full of truth. Who He is. Who the Word of God defined Him as. We're lifting Jesus up. Amen. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. Our church is growing not because it's Jesse's church. Not because the Diamonds are in it. Not because the Hinkhouses are in it. Not because the Johnsons are in it. But because we're lifting up the name of Jesus. Amen. And so since it is His church, we're not going to put our name on it. I want people to be praying as they're driving, God, help me. I need a sign. And I want them to see Jesus. Amen. So could we show everybody that first picture? Come on. This is what the front will look like. It won't say eternity church. It'll be on a little sign out in that tiny triangle out the front, right? But our church, that'll be a big backlit Jesus. You can see Jesus is about the size of a person, all right? in height. And so big backlit Jesus out there, every atheist in town is going to complain. It's going to be amazing, right? <laughs> Driving past, Jesus always up there. Yeah, that's right. He watching you, son. Come on, right? And so I'm super excited about it though. This is what it looked like from the front, little baptismal fountain out the front, which I'm excited to baptize people in front of church on 100th Street as everyone's driving past going, there's Jesus. People being, oh my gosh, I got to get myself in there, right? Come on. It's good, isn't it? We're going to go over. I'll, I'll quickly show you some more pictures. Can I show you some more pictures real quick? Right. Let's do some side profile, give you an idea real quick of what we're adding. Currently, this first staircase, that's our building, that ugly triangle up there. And then what we're doing is making that not look like an ugly triangle and then adding all of that. Come on. About 30, 35,000 square feet. That's the view from the creek. <clears throat> Next picture. Here's a bit of a close-up of that entrance there. You'll be able to, if you've got kids, we're gonna, this whole current building will be a secure youth and student ministry building. This whole building, right? <clears throat> whole thing. And so, um, so anyway, if you've got kids, you can go up there, drop them off, and then there's a door between the two buildings. You'll be able to go through there and join everyone else in the new lobby, new cafe, new restrooms, new everything else over there as well. Next building. Oh, by the way, oh, this is the, the, out here. The current lobby will look like this. Come on. Come on. Anybody else after church trying to drink a coffee and you're like, there's a lot of kids in this church, could they go away? <laughs> hey, let's be honest. They're mostly my kids, maybe the ward's kids, maybe the Cully's kids, right? The three longest serving staff at church, it's our kids. We get it. But wouldn't it be nice if they just had somewhere to play and relax that's safe and secure in between the services, right? And so they'll have that. That'll be wild in there. Uh, speaking of kids, can we put a picture of our new kids pastors up on screen right now? Come on, welcome Levi and Cassie. <clears throat> so um, 
so we, we know that we, we know that there's a lot of things as, as a growing church, growing pains, right? And so we knew we needed to start investing seriously and making some changes in our kids' church to make it the best kids' ministry on the planet, right? And, uh, and so we just decided to. So we hired two fantastic new people, absolute rock stars. We love them. We love everyone that's gone before them. And we love what God's going to do with them to go to a whole new level. Maybe take our chaos to some version of organized chaos, you know what I mean? And, um, and also just invest. A part of our problem is, honestly, the truth is, we don't have the facilities to make it a lot more organized. That's the truth, right? Our church is about 50% smaller than a church our size would usually be. This new extension is going to solve that. Um, pretty soon as well, maybe we'll, maybe we'll move our staff out into a portable and give that room up there finally to Kids Church as well and solve some problems in the meantime. But, but we're working on it. Sound good? Yeah. Awesome. They're, they're awesome kids. Um, this is what this room will look like afterwards. New youth and students auditorium. Come on. Does that look amazing? Next. What else we got? Oh, floor plans. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, uh, this is basically, you can see there what we're adding. That, and that's what it is there. And different elevator. All of that's in the book that you're going to be given. That's the pledge card. Um, next picture. Back to this. All right. Come on. So, <clears throat> anyway. So what are we doing? Listen. We're not going to stop. What's weird is my head last night, guys, I'm sitting there last night in my bed because lately I'm struggling with that whole, you know, I've had to start putting the Bible on as I sleep to get my head a bit more, you know. Not that what I'm thinking about is not biblical, but I'm sitting there for a bit and I was like, man, then what? (laughs) I was like, let's just get through this. You know what I mean? I'm like, because then I'm like, but then what? He said we won't stop. And I'm like, but then what? But anyway, so I'm doing the math on what the new building could hold and, and how tired I have to be on the weekends to do it. And so, um, but anyway, God's doing good things. I wanted to talk to you guys um, about, because um, you guys have done this before, right? This is not your first rodeo. 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 I don't know what you Rodeo. Yeah, yeah. Rodeo is Australian. You need more coffee. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, and so they've been great encouragers of Laura and I for about eight, eight or nine years nearly now, whatever, a long time. It's been really wild and uh, always pushed us into truth, you know, even when I was scared of it, you know. Um, always pushed me into more faith because the, the me you met eight years ago would never have been like, yeah, I wouldn't have been okay with one million goal, you know. Like we have more money in the bank now to, just in the, for, the, for the building fund than what we paid for this building. You know, and that, you know, like, so you guys help push us that far, you know. And so, I just want to talk why are you guys, you know, firstly, like, why are you guys getting involved? Well, when we met the other day, you said that if we get up here and act nice, that we get in first into the food truck line. I so did. That's. And I also promised you a gold plated seat, <laughs> right, right, in the new auditorium. So. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, joking. But, um, well, as, as we talked about it again, and it, it, I don't want to sound spiritual, but this is the way we look at it, mm. is, is number one, why we're here. Mm. What, what's, this, what's this life we're living? What's, what's it all about? And um, two, um, actually, us together, we thought, you know, if you can change somebody's eternal destiny, yeah. be a part of that. Yeah. And a place that can add fruit even after we're gone. Yeah. To continue to, to produce fruit. Yeah. 
I think that's what we're here for. Yeah. So that's why we, we backed Amen. it. Amen. Amen. I would, I, I'd probably also say, because the, there might be a few people to wonder, but when you told me the amount, yeah. you know, I was expecting three or four million. You tell me seven, seven and a that half. That was really funny, though, because you've always told me to have more faith, and then you I did. said something to you that you nearly fell over. You did. <laughs> and so then I didn't say much. We go, I go home, talk to Tammy, and um, it's like, I really believe that God gives the pastor the vision and that we are created to help create the provision or the, in this case, the money yeah. for the vision. But I had to buy into the vision. Yeah. So then you and I met and I talked about it, questioned you. Yeah. You remember. Yeah. And um, wanted to make sure, hey, how's this money going to be spent? Are you going to be diligent with it? Are you going to be a good steward with yeah. it? Because it's a big amount. Yeah. And we came home, we talked and... And I had a decided heart then mm. that, yep, that's, that's what God wants, yeah. and we're going to be a part of it. Amen. 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 And I actually do remember that because it's just we want to be, we want to be good stewards. We want to be wise, and we want to have big faith. And uh, we talk about, like, the other things we've done here. Like, we, in the past, we've just only ever taken up an offering so that we can buy the building or so we can renovate. And so, you know what I mean? And then borrow some. And, 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 and what, what God's calling us to do now is go... And we did that because we were being good stewards. You know what I mean? Like, so stewardship got us where we are. But, but it's time now to have stewardship, wisdom, and faith. All of us, we need you to have stewardship, wisdom, and faith in your life if we're going to be able to do this, you know? And... Now, we talked as well about some previous, right? Now, you guys both say this line that I love, and I've said it to them so much that they think it's mine, right? Because the way to take a quote is, you know, to say, um, Doug once said, and then the next time you say it, like I said, and the next time you say it, like I always say, right? And then it's mine. But it came from you, and you always say that, um, and you don't say it in a, like, in a, in a rude way to the Lord, you know, but just in a... Everything that flows through you sticks to you. You know, you talked about being a sticky pipe. You know, like you're a pipe that God's blessing flows through. And that, but the cool thing about it is the pipe gets bigger and, and it gets stickier, you know? Yeah, I think um, the way that we've always looked at it, you know, when, to make it short, we can't go too long. Um, you know, we, we started in 1984, we started tithing um, and we were broke. Step one. Broke. Yeah. But it was easier to tithe off nothing than, yeah. uh, than really where it is now. Yeah. But, but that's what we, we determined. It wasn't going to be a question. We were going to tithe. And again, uh, the American way, we, we tithed off the gross. Mm -hmm. and, um, uh, and as we began to do that, and what we're talking about here, uh, I think people understand, but it's, it's above the tithe. Mm -hmm. You yeah. could call it, in some cases, we've heard it called sacrificial giving. Yeah. Um, that you pay your tithe. That's, that, to yep. me, that's a given. And that's what's blessed our lives. Yeah. But then this that we're doing is on and above that, which is tough for some people. But um, I, I think, I know this, we've been involved in four or five capital campaigns, which is really what this is. Yep. We've always come out better than when we entered. Yeah. Every, all, all four, Every time. Uh, in fact, five, all five is no question about it. Yeah. We, we could show marked times that that's happened. 
And, and it wasn't for us, but we benefited. Yeah. And, and I believe this, too, as I speak to everybody out there. God doesn't want to do it with three or four people. That's right. He, he really doesn't. And so no matter right. what you can do, you, you begin, and it's a little bit of a sacrifice. You know, for us, you know, it may not be getting this second house in Florida right away. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. that's all right. Yeah. Um, because uh, we can do a lot of other things, but yeah. but that's the way it's went, and and so this giving is on and above that, and yeah. and we found that as we've given again into these campaigns, which is above the tithe, yeah. um, that we've always come out better, no yeah. question, right? Yeah. yeah. And now um, we're talking about um, uh, something you said, and was that. And, and I don't mean to call you guys old because you're not. Like, my actual dad is older than you guys and, and looks it too. And, um, and I've got a great future waiting for me. Thanks, Dad. And uh, bald, gray, and fat, you know. But anyway, no, just kidding. But um, so anyway, so I'm not calling you old. Um, but the fact, <laughs> yeah, watch it. But, the, but, but you did say something to us. I don't know if it was you or you, but that the, the actual benefit of this is limited because, like, you know, like, you look at it and you go, okay, if we live a really healthy life, we've got 20, 30 years, you know what I mean? But, but like, but this benefit, like, there's not a lot of time and God's done a lot of blessing in your life because of past faith steps. So you look at it and you go, now, we're not discrediting what God could do. God could do this, take it in your life and go, do you know what? Let's just do one last big hurrah and make it amazing, right? But, but the reality is what you're doing will bless us all probably more than you. Right? And so, you know, I don't know if you want to, what did you, you know, say a bit about that. Like, why, yeah, well, why, why it's not just about blessing you. I, you know? I think it's like even those past ones we were a part of, we aren't there anymore. Old exactly. church, southeast Iowa, but it's still producing fruit. Uh, that's right. That's and, what it was, yeah. And, and, and as, we, as we looked at that, that's, that's where our commitment came from. You know, as we, we've already uh, dedicated or, or given our amount to you, mm. um, we were like, okay, this is, this is, this is where we need to be. And then, and then Tammy says something to me, you know, is that really, if we can do it easy, is that really faith? Oh, wow. And, and so mm. we, we, I backed up again and, and prayed about <laughs> a little more. And, and that's when, you know, we got together and said, okay, I think this is the amount. Yeah. And, um, because what you were hitting on is, is because we believe that we're here for a specific purpose more than to just live, do a good job, and die. Yeah. We really believe it's something beyond that. And, and so we believe that this, this right here, and, and I'm with you. I don't think we're done here. But I, I let's know, get this scary. done. Let's get this done. <laughs> that it's going to pay off long after we're gone. Yeah. And, and the old saying I heard a missionary say, or an evangelist say in a church one time, is the only thing you'll take to heaven is other men's souls. Yeah. So, and don't get that wrong. I'm, it's mankind. Okay? So it's not men. But yeah. the only thing you'll take to heaven is other men's souls. Yeah. And, and that... I heard that probably 25 years ago, never left, yeah. comes up in my mind all the time. So that's what we're dedicated to. Yeah. And that, that's what we believe our calling is, is, yeah. is to help, help fund these things. Amen. And you'll drive past. And that's the thing, like whether you, 
Some of, us will, some of us will be like, you know what, we're not going to buy that vacation home, we're going to do this instead. Some of us will be like, we're not going to buy that car. Some of us, you'll say that and then still be able to do that, and you'll be like, that was weird, you know. Some, did I drop something? No. Some of us will be like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to give up coffee to do it. Do you know what I mean? Three years of sacrificial giving for a very, very eternal purpose, right? And, and whether you gave up coffee, a car, or a home, whatever you give up, you will drive past that thing glowing in the dark at night and be like, I did that. I did that. Not in a prideful sense, like, yeah, I did that. But, like, God let me be a part of something great, a beacon of hope, literally, in the heart of the metro. Come on, y'all get to be a part of that. But So anyway, now, Tammy, I know you, you don't love having microphones up in front of everybody, um, but you're actually really gifted at it. And I've seen you at Fearless too. And so one day we, we're just going to surprise her and be like, hey, next Sunday you're preaching. Anyway, um, but um, so Tammy just went into cardiac arrest. And so, <clears throat> but, um, but anyway, um, but can I just ask like really, what, what, what's your favorite thing about it? Like what, not favorite thing, maybe more like, um, I don't know, why are you? I know he spoke, but why are you doing this too? Because it's not just a man or a woman together, but it's both of us together, like saying, all right, what are we, what are we doing? Like, what well, collectively, you? you know, we are called to go into the world and preach the gospel, right? That's what Amen. Jesus told us to do, right? Amen. And we do that, but think what we can do when we do it as a group, right? One yes. person can go and, sure, and evangelize, but to be a part of a group how many more people can we reach? Mm-hmm. And how selfish of us if we don't become a part of that, isn't it? Wow. Think of all the hurting people that are still out there that don't know Jesus. Yeah. That could drive by that yeah. exactly when they needed it and come in and their life will be changed forever. And that's why I want to be a part of that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> See, we're not just... We'll, we'll be done in about seven, eight minutes, so we will be a little over, but you'll survive. Um, we, we're not just building a building. And, you know, to a degree we are, you know, like, you, you don't see them build anything in the Bible, by the way, without doing it with excellence. Come on. It still matters. Um, you know, but, um, but we, we really are building something that just screams Jesus is the answer, you know. He's the answer. We're making room for you. Um, and I want to tell a story while you're here. I nearly forgot to tell it, but um, on on uh, Friday night, my little Charlie, he's my most psycho kid. Um, him, him, and when you put him and your grandson together, stuff breaks. You know, it's just it does. But you know, but they're amazing. They're going to do incredible things for the kingdom. Those kids, you know. Um, I was like that too, so I'm doing all right so far. But Charlie was reading this bold booklet that you all have, going through it, the pictures and stuff, and um, and he says, "Wait here a minute" or something to his mum. And he comes upstairs, and he puts this booklet down on the on the futon in front of me. Then he gets his piggy bank. It's made of it's it's like solid, and he gets his piggy bank, and he starts shaking it out on the futon with this. And he says, I'm going to give all my savings because we've got to build this church. And, um, and I'm just there and I'm like, 
I didn't even say enough. Lauren's like, you didn't say anything. I was like, I was just floored. Do you know what I mean? I was just like, wow. Kid just reads that. And then he says, and I'm going to be a pastor in that church one day. And I was like, yeah, you are, because nepotism rules. (laughs) So (laughs) Whatever. So, but I do believe there's a call of God on that kid's life. So. One last thing. Um, we, at men's prayer the other day, we did pray for pastor and, and the vision for bold. But, but what I was saying, and God brought it up to me later, is that we don't know what, time, what, what point in time uh, is the most important parts in this church. But I believe this. I believe this time right now is one of those altar building times like they did in the Old Testament when, yeah. when Abraham was going to sacrifice, build a temple. Yep. We saw them all throughout because they marked that time. It's, it was a mark in time. It was yes. a mark in something that happened right then. And that's what God's telling me is, is this is one of those times. And yes. it's marking it. We'll talk about it forever. Amen. And be a part of that. Amen. 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 Come on. <laughs> Praise God. Hey, thank you. I love you guys. You're awesome. You're my favorite, Diamond. Love you. <laughs> Big dog. <laughs> yeah, it was on. Right here. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to give the Diamonds a hand. So, um, like, you know what's going Oh, hey, there's, I knew something fell down there. There it is. So. Hey, um, we'll be closed. It will be done in about another five minutes. So please stick around. Don't, don't run out because I don't want the distraction. But I'd love if you could stand up. Like I said, if you run out while I'm preaching, I'm going to come to your workplace and open and close the door while you're doing a meeting, all right? And so, because, uh, but um, by the way, um, I don't know the full story, but my wife came up to me before this service too and said, hey, another one of the staff's kids handed her this little bag before service. And said, that's all my money. So. We, who was that, Lauren? Asher Ward, yeah. And um, the parents are clearly more generous than us because there's like actual bills in this bag. <laughs> and so. But, mm. Isn't God doing a good thing? We just want to keep winning the lost and seeing their lives transformed. You know, I just don't want to, I don't want to ever go back to that whole scared to help people get through that really hard stuff, the messy stuff, you know, I want to help people's lives be transformed. Um, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ in a second before we go, because we do this every service have for 10 years now and we won't stop. Um, but I do want to give you a couple bits of information. It is a sales pitch, I guess, if you go by the world's definition but in reality I just want you to know how to do this get through the administrative part of it and that is please take this home if you're single pray about it tell your family Um, if you're married pray about it together Um, I'm not expecting everybody to do what these kids did and um, give everything they had there was a moment in Acts when that happened it was a really cool story it didn't happen any other time in scripture you know where everybody gave everything okay um, so we're not asking for that. Um, I would tell you this, though, and I just want to just be clear because I think that unity is very important. If one of you wants to give everything you've got and the other doesn't, 
you don't do it. Okay? And by everything, what I mean is, if, if the gift that you want to give is something that's going to cost your family something, let's say you're wealthy enough to you can buy a house in Florida, and doing this means you don't get to buy it now. Well, that affects your whole family, and I don't want your family to smell like sacrifice. I want you to do it together. And so if you've got to do less so that it's together, well, I don't want a church that smells like sacrifice. I want a church that smells like favor, amen? And so if you've got to give up a car or you've got to give up coffee, you've got to do it together, pray together, and don't force each other, but trust the Lord to bring you together, amen? If you don't get an answer, come up with something that you both say, it's a little bit of a stretch, let's go, amen? So pray about it and do it together. Don't bring disunity into your family, which will bring it into our church as well, okay? We're doing it together. Sound good? Then what you need to know is we're going to receive the pledges. That's this card. We're going to receive those pledges on May 21st and May 22nd, okay? So that's three weeks away. Um, And then we'll receive on that weekend as well, we'll take up our first seed offering, all right? Now, what we want to ask you to do is see, let's say you pledge 10,000 over three years. Could you perhaps get, that means like about 3,300 extra a year. Maybe, whatever it is, maybe you do a million, maybe you do 500,000, maybe you do 100,000, I don't know. Um, you know, from our staff, there's a couple of hundred thousand coming, which is awesome. They've, they're getting really sacrificial, which is amazing, just from the people on staff. And whatever it is, what we're going to ask you to do is pray about the possibility of bringing 20% of your total up front, sow a seed. We can go to the bank and be like, this is working. You can see we're going there. And, um, and, then, uh, and then we'll start the construction loan so we can start building next year and have it finished 18 months later and pay it off when we walk in the door. Amen? Amen? And so we want you to pray about that. Okay? That's just a little bit of uh, administrative stuff. Um, This is a big season for your life and for our church. You'll notice it says volume one on the booklet. That's because every single single spring and fall, we're going to do an updated booklet for you and give our new people an on-ramp as well. Because we know to get to that number, we're probably going to need their help over the next couple of years as well, all right? And so uh, they'll just be introduced to a year and a half campaign or whatever. <laughs> but uh, we're going to get there. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to MyEternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Eternity Church. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.